I realize that no matter how hard I try, and believe me, I try, I'm never going to have a perfectly lived day. Not only in all my actions, but in my motivations behind my actions. There's not a, such a thing that I'm going to say in action and in motivation and in uh, the way that I think that I'm going to live a perfect day. God is able to make a person stand because God is good. The longer you walk with God, the more you realize all that he has done for you and how broken you really were. Today, Pastor Daniel reminds you that God has rescued you from so much. And as this reality sinks in, you'll grow in gratitude toward God and grace for others. Pastor Daniel shares that as Jesus becomes your focal point, you won't judge others as much. You'll be free to love people regardless of what they choose to do. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Romans chapter 14 as he continues his message, Questions of Conscience. one of us who is saved by our perfect doctrine, our perfect practice. We're saved by what? Grace. Apart from what? Works. It's a gift of God. So you see right now, you see how Satan can take this idea and he's ripping the church apart. When people look at the church, they're like, wait a minute, if they can't even agree on anything, then why should we even look at Jesus? But here's the deal. We believe that a person's life will be weighed by Jesus and none other. And what I'm constantly learning is that I don't understand all the variables. So it's not my place to sit in the judgment seat. And it's actually not my call. Now, let me ask you this. How have you, whether in real time or in your heart, needlessly been judgy and separated people out on the non-essentials. Now, what's amazing is, is I love Jesus and there are churches, they wouldn't even let me in the church looking the way that I look. You realize that, right? Let alone let me teach. Why? Because I have long hair, right? Now, of course, I've read the Bible many times. I know what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, that a man shouldn't have long hair. But here's the thing. I also know what it says about the Nazarite vow where God told them to grow their hair. I also know what it says in the book of Deuteronomy and Leviticus where it says that men shouldn't shave the sides of their beard. So all of you would shave faces. Sinners. (laughs) Just kidding. I don't think you're a sinner. But we can do this all day, can't we? Why? Because when you put the whole of Scripture together, When you put the whole of scripture together, does the Bible teach unequivocally that if a man has long hair, that he's sinning against God when earlier God said, I want you to grow your hair as a sign of a vow. Now, I'm not saying I took a vow. This is the only way that my face looks halfway normal, you know? But it's amazing how many people think that I am apostate because of that. Now, I don't really mind it because those are the very people that I'm not trying to reach anyway, right? But if you think about it, 
We could do this all day long where some people have liberty and other people don't. And somebody wants to totalize their view and make it everybody's view. On the essentials, Jesus has perfectly lived life, his death on the cross, his resurrection, his soon return. Jesus is king of kings and Lord of lords. We line that thing. We don't even mess around. And if somebody is open to the gifts of the spirit or not, not my problem. I love them. If somebody believes this translation or this translation, I'm good either way, as long as they're in the word. If somebody has a different types of church government, don't mind. If someone believes in the five points of Calvinism or not, doesn't bother me at all. They're part of the family of God. If somebody feels that they have the liberty to drink alcohol, not unto drunkenness, I'm fine. If someone chooses not to, I'm fine. What we're going to find later is that liberty isn't the greatest. Love is the greatest. And we're going to see that at the end. So in all these things, saying that the law of love trumps the law of liberty. What we're going to find is that when you stumble somebody, given your liberty, that's a problem. But in all these things, we have this tendency, like, like right now, it's like we can look at all these different areas. Like there are some of you, if somebody drinks Starbucks, you get mad at them because Starbucks is at the front of the war on Christmas or something. You know what I mean? Now that's you, stop it. It's just a coffee company. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like we, we have this, we live in this day and age that's so divisive that it comes into the church. But like as Christians, we go read Romans 14 and it says, listen, before the Lord a servant stands or falls. So you and I, as children of God, if you're here today and you're born again, I realize not everybody here is a child of God and it is unequivocally is my aim to make you a child of God. I can't make you, only Jesus can. But I want to persuade you that you are a child of God. You wouldn't be here if God didn't create you, if God didn't sustain you. The only way you will ever truly know who you are is to see yourself in Christ. And Jesus, I believe if you're hearing this, whether you're joining us online or you're here in our sanctuary in Vancouver, God has been pursuing you. And you know that he's pursuing you because you wouldn't even be here if he wasn't. Right? And so I want you to see yourself as a child of God because it's who you truly are. That's the truest thing about you. But you have to put your faith and trust in Jesus. But I realize that many people are turned off by Christianity because there's so much ticky-tacky judginess that goes on. But I'm here to tell you, if you've been the, on the receiving end of that, as probably all of us have, maybe before we're in Christ or when you're in Christ and someone gives you a hard time over something, I just want to apologize because as you're seeing in Romans 14, we're going to see this whole time, that is not the heart of God. Someone got it wrong. In the name of Jesus. And I want to personally apologize to you for the pain that came from that. Because that's not God's heart at all. I'm here to tell you, listen, I am so grateful for the grace of God. I realize that no matter how hard I try, and believe me, I try. I'm never going to have a perfectly lived day. Not only in all my actions, but in my motivations behind my actions. There's not a, such a thing that I'm going to say in action and in motivation and in uh, the way that I think that I'm going to live a perfect day. God is able to make a person stand because God is good. And the gospel, when Jesus was on the cross, he said, it's finished as long as you get everything else right. He says, it's finished. The debt has been paid. Listen to what James says about this. James 4, verses 11 and 12. It says it this way. Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver 
who is able to save and to destroy, who are you to judge another? Boom! That's, that's nasty language right there. Who's the lawgiver? The Lord is. See, that's the beauty of following Jesus is that we have a life that it's not just about us and our feelings and our culture. We realize that we live before the Lord who is ultimately the judge. And every single person doesn't have to give an account to me. They have to give an account to him. And he judges with righteous judgment, with with full understanding. I remember I was talking to someone recently and, and, they, and they were complaining. This was about two years ago. They were very upset because, you know, there are people smoking cigarettes in our parking lot. They're like, man, I mean, what kind of a church do people who smoke cigarettes? I'm like, for, for some people, smoking cigarettes is way better than shooting heroin. They kind of looked at me. And I'm like, don't you think? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, so... If, if someone stops shooting heroin and they're smoking cigarettes right now, it's not like a really positive step. Yeah. You don't know their story. Now, don't get me wrong. Ultimately, and I'm not picking on those of you, and I'm not being judged with cigarettes, but listen, God created your lungs for oxygen, not smoke. Right? I don't think smoking cigarettes is going to keep you out of heaven. I think it'll get you there quicker. <laughs> and that's true. Statistically true. So, so what I'm saying is, I'm not, I'm not picking on you, but like, you know, would Jesus be sitting there smoking cigarettes? Would he be rolling his own? You know what I mean? Like the, like the organic tobacco? No. He wouldn't be doing that. So if he wouldn't do it, he doesn't want us to do it. But we're all in process, right? We're all in process. We, we all, listen, anybody here want to say they got nothing they're working on right now? Because if you raise your hand, you're going to spend a week with me. I'll give you a whole list of things to work on. And you'll give me a list of things to work on. I mean, that's how it works. But we have to remember, the only, the only person that each one of us is responsible to be judged by is the Lord. And anytime we get judgy, we actually violate the very beliefs that we have. We don't want to be those type of people. So everyone say at the same time, don't be judgy. One, two, three. Don't be judgy. Okay, going on, verse five. One person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord, and he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. He who eats, eats to the Lord, for he gives God thanks. And he who does not eat to the Lord, he does not eat, and he gives God thanks. For none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. But if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are what? The Lord's. Brothers and sisters, not only should we not be judgy, you and I need to make space for opposing opinions. You need to make some space for opposing opinions. Now, notice it talks about the, the esteeming of one day or observing one day higher than another day. So you got to realize that for the, for the believers in Jesus who were Jewish, they were used to the Sabbath day being Friday night through Saturday, sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday, right? But very early in the early church, the early church began to meet on Sunday and call Sunday the Sabbath day because that was the day that Jesus was resurrected from the dead, right? Now, in the early church that had Jewish believers in Jesus as the Messiah and Gentiles, non-Jewish people who believed in Jesus as the Messiah, who had no Sabbath uh, calendaring, right? All of a sudden, they get together and then they start arguing about which is the right day to worship Jesus on. 
right? Now, guess what? You, is that still going on today? Yeah, absolutely. A number of times people say, you know what's wrong with Crossroads? I'm like, oh, t- which one is your problem with us? And they say, well, you don't worship on Saturday. And I'm like, you're right. But sure enough, guess what? What does it say? What does it say? I'm going to read it to you again. One person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let each person be fully convinced in his own mind. You see that? Paul's not even trying to parse it out. He's not even like arguing, well, this is why some people do it this way. No, it's just like each person is fully convinced. Each person has a conscience that says this is when we're supposed to do it. But notice, he who observes the day, observes it to the Lord, verse 6, and he who does not observe the day, to the Lord he does not observe it. He's saying, look, if you choose to worship on a certain day, you do that for God. And if you choose not to worship on a certain day, guess what? You do that for God too. And then he ties in the eating again. He says, he who eats, eats to the Lord, for he gives God thanks. When was the last time when you ate, you just thanked God? That's pretty much every bite for me. I'm like, thank you, Lord. Mm, Thank you, Lord. Right? But for the people who don't eat, guess what? They don't eat. And what do they do? They thank God that they can still survive without eating that. They don't need it. No. See, and really what's going on here is it's, it's a simple reminder that the things that we do, because we know who God is, we don't do it to ourselves. We don't live for ourselves. We don't die for ourselves. We live under the Lord. And we know that when we die, we die to the Lord. So no matter what, because we're his, we're his servants, he's our God, whether we do or whether we not do, we're his. Now, do you see how powerful that is? Because within the body of Christ, there's going to be differing opinions, right? And the thing is, is you and I need to learn how to make space in our heart for other people with other opinions. Like, what's funny is that when somebody gets mad at me because I have these, this great hair, you know what I mean? And I, I get it's not everyone's style, but I, you know, I come from a long line of uh, follically challenged individuals, people who don't have hair. And so I'm like, well, I got it. I'm going to enjoy it. Funny story. I remember when I was a kid, my, my grandparents had uh, this friend and this guy had this crazy ring. You know what I mean? It had all these like funky stones on it. And he's like, and he used to say to me, Dan, or Danny, he used to call me, Danny, if you kiss my ring, you'll be so hairy. And I'd be like, get out of here. I mean, I was like seven, you know what I mean? And he used to stick his ring in my face and I'd turn away, you know what I mean? And so one day I called him on and I kissed his ring. And now look at me. Jeez. I always wondered what would have happened if I didn't kiss that guy's ring on a bet, you know what I mean? I'd be all smooth. I'd never have to shave, you know what I mean? It'd be great. I'd, I'd be like Telly Savalas or something, you know? That's a side, a side story for you. His name was Harold Spony, you know? Pray for his soul. Not just kidding. But, but the, I don't even, why did I even tell you guys that story? Oh, yeah. So, so when someone gets mad at me that I got long hair, I never try and convince them. You know, I'm never trying to like explain to them. You know, what's always funny is you also realize, just on a side note, that that whole passage is in a passage where women have to keep their head covered too. So I'm always like, if it's, if it's a guy, I'm like, is your wife, should wear head covering right now? He's like, no, don't talk to me. You know what I mean? That's what I normally say, because I'm that kind of a guy. I'm like, well, if, we're gonna, if you're going to start applying verses, and he's got a shaved beard, I'm gonna get, you know, he's all cleaned up. I'm like, 
I'll give you your own verses. But, but I don't even try and convince them. Why? Because when someone's fully convinced in your own mind, it's just you're just fighting at nothing. But for us, as the Crossroads family, here's what I want to tell you. It's okay that some people practice things differently than we do. Like, if they do it, we believe they do it to the Lord, if they believe in Jesus. If they don't do it, you know what we believe? They don't do it to the Lord. If they choose to eat certain things or worship on certain days, for us here, we're fine. You do that for Jesus. We're okay with it. The reason I think people get insecure is because they're insecure. It's like when someone has an opposing view, now all of a sudden it calls into question my view. Like, obviously, there must be something wrong. What if God is not offended by the diversity of his people? What if God actually doesn't mind if some of us want to worship with loud music and people want to worship with no music? Somebody wants to worship in a sanctuary and somebody wants to gather in a house. See, the church spends so much time disagreeing about these things rather than glorifying God for the diversity and reaching lost people. And as a church family, that's why we step out of all of this. We, like, we just don't involve ourselves in all of it. Because it's not the point. The point is, is that whatever somebody does, if they do it for Jesus, they're Jesus's. And only Jesus knows those who are truly his. And even, the, I think when we get to heaven, we're all going to be shocked by who's there and who's not there. We're going to be surprised. And I guarantee you, all of us, when we get to heaven, we're going to get a little bit of a theology upgrade. We're all going to realize that there's certain things we thought we really had down that we didn't have down, and other things that we didn't have down, we didn't think we had down, but we actually did. Now, I'm not saying we can't know anything. I'm not playing like a full postmodern card, but in a lot of these areas where there's diverse opinions, I think we just need to make room in our hearts to say, other people have other opinions than we do. And you know what? If they're Jesus's, they're his problem. Just as we're his problem, if we're in Christ. And listen, listen now, what Paul says in the, to the letter of the Colossians, Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. For let no one judge you in food or in drink, or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. See, he says it again. He says all these things, when we worship, the, the way we do communion, all these different things, the things we choose to do, all these different things, they are but a shadow of the things to come. They're just a, a picture of the fullness, but the substance is of Jesus. The, the meat of it all is Jesus. And that's why I believe that when we become more centered on Jesus, whether than the accoutrements or, or, or the trappings of religion or practice, then you begin to realize, you know what? Other people are going to do things other way, and it's okay. It may not be my thing, but hey, it's what they do. Because the substance of, is of Christ. Now, look what it says in, in verse 9 here of Romans 14. It says, For to this end Christ died, and he rose, and he lived again, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. Processors, we've been talking about this the whole time, but really what we're being told here is that we need to remember the gospel. 
We need to remember the gospel, the good news. What's the gospel? Verse 9. For to this end, Christ died, and he rose, and he lived again, that he might be the Lord both of the living and the dead. Look at verse 10. For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. See, the gospel, the good news, is not that we get things right, we practice perfectly. The good news is that God sent Jesus on a rescue mission. Jesus came, he lived perfectly. He always did those things which pleased his father. And because of that, he was a worthy sacrifice to die on the cross for the sins of the world. The punishment for sin was necessary to satisfy God's perfect judgment and holiness. And Jesus was that sacrifice. But guess what? He rose from the grave. Because death couldn't keep him. And then Jesus ascended. He's the Lord of the living and the dead. And it says that for all of us, we'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Listen to what Paul told the church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the heart, then each one's praise will come from God. You he's saying? Don't judge anything before it's time. Why? Because when Jesus returns, everything's going to come to light. Now, I hate to tell you this, but that should make all of us pretty nervous, shouldn't it? Like, when everything comes to light, how's that going to look? It's kind of a horrifying thing. And I really believe that for each one of us, when I think about things like that, that makes me really nervous. Because I realize that there are all sorts of things that I have done that I'm grateful that isn't getting trumpeted everywhere. Like I got history. And guess what? So do you. And if you're like, well, I don't got no history, liar. We all got stuff. There's all those things that like, like here's a question. What don't you put on your resume? (laughs) right we all got history but the beauty is is that for the people who are in Christ even though our sins were as scarlet Jesus has made us white as snow that when everything comes to light although each one of us has a rap sheet a laundry list of life that causes shame Jesus is going to stand there as our advocate We're in Christ. And God, instead of seeing our imperfections, will see Jesus' perfect perfections. Jesus is real. Today, Pastor Daniel urged you to remember the gospel. God sent Jesus on a mission to rescue you. Jesus did what you and I could never do. He lived a perfect life. And he did it so that he could stand in your place at the cross, taking your punishment upon himself. You see, we've all failed miserably and have a history we're not proud of. When you realize just how much you need God's grace, you'll be freed up to give that same grace to others. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Daniel, and I want to be honest with you for a moment. Life is messy, and the hard reality is, if it isn't messy for you now, it will be, and it probably has been in the past. Did you know that you can still thrive in tough times? It's true, you can, but only through the power of Jesus. 
That's the purpose behind my book, Honestly. I want you to know how to keep living your best life in Jesus, no matter the circumstances of your life. You can find out more about it and get your own copy at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Join us again here on Jesus Is Real Radio and Pastor Daniel will continue to explore the topic of personal freedoms. You'll discover that love trumps freedom. Though you can live within your individual convictions, God asks you to consider how your choices affect those around you. You'll learn that you should be willing to forego your freedoms if they cause someone else to stumble. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time. Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series called Amplify. That's next time on Jesus is Real Radio.